This is a sickness! Politics ruin, or rather control. Your whole life, man, you're gonna be a miserable person. Straight up. Unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this. And it's driving them crazy, and they hate their neighbors. Sad. Well, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Underground for episode 117 of the podcast. I am joined every week by the one, the only, Joseph. Wild West Kemp Style. And I'm your other host, David. Sexual Tyrannosaurus. And this is the show where we remind you that politics ruins everything. You know, I'm thinking about retiring that as our show title you are i've been thinking about it i want i gotta find a i gotta find something i well i gotta find something that's just as catchy Mm because i love it i think it's very catchy i think very synced to the point um but i'm thinking about just change it to wild west pimp style yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm sure we'll find stuff i'm sure we'll find something so i i've been thinking about it um nobody's given us any like crap about it recently so i may just keep it um and it does work as far as if someone you're having a conversation with someone and they're like well why is that like the the tagline and then you can kind of explain it's like well it's it's in everything now and we talk about media yeah. and a lot of the time we talk about how people's ideologies and and their their polit their politics has has kind of infected media in a way that has been really detrimental to it over the last 10 plus years no um, well, you know what we should do we should change out uh the word in the beginning every month every uh like bad show that comes out we just change it to the production company behind it or, so like for the rings of power we could just do amazon ruins everything or what you have like it could be like uh and every week we remind you i am a racist <laughs> oh i can't hear by the way oh did i did i cut it out everyone in the yeah, chat heard that. that it was the i am a racist one. Oh yeah <laughs> um yeah, there you go. so i want to i want to preface your value for value system uh speech real quick can i yeah go ahead do you mind okay so one of the things that i found really interesting is that a few people have gotten um uh removed from youtube one completely have you heard about this i don't know yes. how much you're aware of some of this but it says that i'm sharing hang on i'm stop sharing you know what i probably forgot to do was the audio uh so two people did one was this this guy sneeko who i've barely paid the only reason i know about him is because of uh and preach. And preach um and then ethan klein who i used to follow back when h3h3 was funny um yeah. which is probably surprises people but like that was man it, it's almost been like 10 years since they they just uh, ethan went down i mean dude went downhill um Fast. yeah and hassan too the bro hassan <laughs> he is never that dude has never <laughs> been on point well, um, I've never listened to him before until the past like he uh, few years, that, and I'm just like, my one of the funniest things about that guy is like Mahler did this entire series this year about him, I think, and uh, the guy would like play other people's YouTube videos in his chat, mm. and uh, or like in on his live streams, and he would just walk away, and be like, I'm gonna go cook pizza, and he'd like leave someone else's content up on his screen, and people were like, bro. And uh, it's it's this whole big deal. It was it's, in, oh, it's incredible. Oh, I know what you're talking about. And he's making like tons of money off of it. Anyway, I'm, anyway. So oh, well. these two these two 
specific people got off and and Sneeko's the one that I wanted to kind of focus on because I found it really interesting I don't know how much he was making off of oh, doing Andrew his Tate sure uh, so all these guys have Andrew Tate will be fine the dude had money before oh yeah he got into into that realm um, but Sneeko in particular was like well my I'm ru-, he essentially was coming across as like I'm ruined at this point because he was making all of his money off of YouTube and one of the things that you and I have always talked about and the reason that we are attempting to go down the route of the value for value system is that it essentially makes you uncancelable cancelable that is a very mm-hmm. hard word to say um, because you have multiple essentially you have multiple revenue streams so we have the PayPal donations and as we all know PayPal is not exactly the most um, reliable yes. source um, we there also, but yeah, but that's also why we have um, Bitcoin, uh, because that it's a wallet that will go into our separate wallets at some point if that ever if people start donating that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that even if we lost like well, YouTube, even if we lost TikTok, even like all of these places where not not that we're making money off TikTok, but yeah. if those things became profitable and for Only some fans. reason, yeah, <laughs> we could. <laughs> I legit guys had a serious conversation with David about setting up an OnlyFans where we just like record our podcast. It's, it's just, just Joseph's feet pics in our podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just set the our video on our feet. <laughs> That's it. Right. But and then you know <laughs> we talk like normal. We're working on uh getting Odyssey working well. I dude, I tried to delete our channel on Odyssey the other day. It wouldn't let me do it. It wouldn't. Nope. Yeah. So I've gotta I gotta figure that out. But there's all of these other sources that are being set up that are essentially outside of the mainstream of popularity Mm -hmm. and we're trying to make sure that if we get to a place where we have a pretty solid audience that audience can still reach us even if youtube for whatever reason decided to kick us off and that there's still a way for them to continue to donate to the show that they are getting value from yep well and here's the thing like we're doing the live streams of the podcast right now on YouTube, but once we get to the place of, and we've already talked about this, of to where the donations are really coming in and we have money, and which I don't understand why Sneeko just didn't do this, but our goal is to, like, we're using YouTube right now, but the goal is to eventually get to a spot to where most people are coming, that are viewing our content. It's either coming through the podcast or coming through another uh, video media, even if it's one we just set up all by ourselves. Uh, but that's why we're eventually going to be getting Odyssey really going and while we're on Rumble already. So everything that posts to YouTube automatically gets posted to Rumble. Uh, and we have all these other platforms there because it's eventually going to come. But especially once you get to the point to where you're making really good money on YouTube, there's really not an excuse to not already have something up, you know? Yeah, just just you essentially you want to have fail safes for what's yep. going on because uh, you and I have talked about this because people are all like I, I can't remember who the last person because this happens like oh it was uh it was uh Nick Ricada. he got yep. he got all this stuff completely wiped out and then everyone's like this is it everyone go to rumble and it's like guys that's not going to be enough yeah it's not going to be enough they would have they would have to do a massive wipeout of creators for something like that to eventually happen it's going to be a slow mm-hmm. progression where people like these other companies their pro, their platforms start to get better and they'll reach a point where it's like i actually prefer being over on odyssey yep because we're not there yet we haven't hit that that moment where things have have transitioned so anyway with all of that being said joseph give the people the rundown of value for value and then we'll get into the show 
Yeah, I think it's uh, a great conversation. I'm definitely curious to once we start posting regularly on Odyssey, uh, what the numbers will look like there. And I think just going that free speech route, that uh, alternative platform route is the way to go. And I think one of the problems with Rumble and a lot of these places, which I'm thankful Odyssey doesn't do this, is like with Rumble and with Parler and all these other conservative, quote unquote, um, social media uh, companies that come up, everything's promoted through that lens political rather than just being apolitical, like promoting everything. And I think that's one of the ways definitely Rumble needs to pick up. Yeah. Um, but the, our, to get into our value for value system, it is a listener based business model where you get to determine the value of our con, where you get to determine the value our content is worth. Basically what this will help us do is keep us free from, it, it makes us uncancelable as David said. So if you feel like you're getting value from our content, please consider becoming a supporter by donating your time, talent, and treasure time, meaning any effort you put into improving or developing our content and sharing it talent, meaning any skills you possess that you want to contribute to help us develop our platform. So these are just some examples and not everything, but if you want to do art artwork for podcast episodes, if you want to do branding design for us, editing, we will credit you, uh, for whatever your talent is that you want to contribute to us. Uh, you know, maybe you're good at setting up websites. So you want to set up a website for us, whatever talent you have. If you, uh, donate to us, you can donate to us in that form. Uh, treasure, obviously meaning your money, so you can pay off one. You can pay a one-off amount, or you can set up reoccurring a reoccurring contribution for the value that you think our service is worth. So you can donate through YouTube. That's okay. Uh, we have PayPal, and we list PayPal because their fee they take from the money you donate is less than YouTube. I think, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. I think YouTube takes either thirty or forty percent. Thirty, thirty percent. Thirty percent. And then PayPal is what two point seven percent. Something like that. It's like significantly yeah. lower. Yeah, significantly lower. Uh, we are, you know. There's also Bitcoin, and we are going to be setting up other alternative payment methods to uh, – I'm in the process of actually uh, discussing that, or we're in the process of discussing that, trying to come up with some alternatives because I know that there are quite a few people uh, who've reached out to me who don't use PayPal. Uh, one of the things being – well, we'll get that in the future when it comes. But uh, <laughs> anyway, if you do donate, whether that's via PayPal, if you send us uh, – a money order or cash or you send us Bitcoin, include a note so that we can read it live on our live stream like we would do tonight. Uh, and remember, as always, your donations keep our content advertisement free. Just click our direct.me link at the top of the page um, and in the description of our show notes. And there you'll find the PayPal link, Bitcoin link, all of our, our YouTube, Odyssey and Rumble channel, our TikTok, Instagram and Twitter. Uh, all right. Well, uh, it should surprise no one that our first story tonight is. Gonna oh, wait, wait, wait! I oh forgot. Sorry. Oh my gosh! I know. Wow! It's it's if the you, sick it's the sick brain. He's got yes. the sick brain tonight. So if you uh, <laughs> it, any all donations, all donors, I should say, will be receiving a producer credit for the uh, following episode that they donate to, and then. Any donation that's $100 or above will automatically become an associate executive producer of the corresponding episode. And then donations of $200 or above will receive the executive producer credit. Basically, uh, producers are responsible for, our, for the financial aspect of all you know TV shows and films. And so it's a genuine credit that we will vouch for. So uh, 
the producer for episode 116 was Tyler Daniels. Um, no producer for this episode, but maybe <laughs> if a donation comes through this chat, they can be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it. It shouldn't surprise anyone that our first story tonight is something dealing with Lord of the Rings, but I, uh, I guess there's a little bit more of a spin on it. This is... This is a pretty bad take. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Joseph... Joseph loves this is like Joseph's favorite hate follow. Do you follow you follow him, right? I can't no, remember. No, I stopped following. Yeah, do I? Am I oh no, I'm not following him either. Um I, he's probably just showing up on our timelines because of other people, because he still yes. does. Um this I'm sure some of you have heard of uh David French. Uh he uh we'll just let him describe himself. He's the senior editor at the dispatch contributor contributor for the Atlantic co-host advisory opinion and good faith podcast, Iraq Vet, and then he's married as well. Um, how do you, how would you describe him? Cause you, you like, I know you don't actually follow him, but you do hate follow him more than like, I wouldn't have known this guy existed if it wasn't for you. Really? I don't hate follow him. Uh, number one, <laughs> let's clear that up. Number two, I don't follow him at all. I certainly don't hate follow him. I think what gets under, so he's a, a, a Christian journalist in the mainstream media. And so what gets underneath my skin is that. With as as much as I've seen that he knows the Bible, he should know more. If that makes sense. And so I I, I I dislike a lot of his takes because I think that they're distortions in it. Again, not everything he says, mind you. I'm not sitting here saying yeah. that David and, French is this big bad wolf and stuff like that. There's right. a, there's some things I do agree with him on, but a lot of his a lot of his stuff. He just has a great way of getting underneath my skin. And uh, by obfuscating various many topics, and especially coming from, I would say, more of an status uh, uh, lens than a biblical lens. Oh yeah, he's he's definitely. You've sent me some stuff that he said before that's very weird. But and we got to remember it is Twitter. Um, Yeah. But and I'm not talking to him, so in in his defense, I'm not able to have an actual discussion with him. Which I think, if we were probably able to have a discussion, uh, rather. Not regarding rings of power, but with these other things, we oh, probably come to more the, in agreement. That's the only thing I really want to talk to him about at this point, because <laughs> the only question, and, and we'll just like set it up. The, the only question you have to ask is like, where did the show tell us this? And this is something that I've I've talked with a lot of people about who are like, mm-hmm. well, this, 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 in the lore, this, 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 and I'm like, but where was that in the show? Yes. In the show, it, dude. I, dude I even had in a, the last episode uh-huh. when it opens up with uh, Gandalf going into. Uh, what oh man Everin they they put the the title like they did with Mordor up at the top and it's like well if you would have first off that's the first time it has been shown in in the episode so you shouldn't have to make readers or make your audience go to a book to understand what this place is when you're doing a show you should have already you know what I'm saying you should have well, already you have to establish those things establish so I, I would the, uh, I'd have locations. to go I'd have to go back and check but I don't think, and we're all, I, I, it's going to be the comparison till the end of time, but I don't think House of the Dragon does that. I don't nope. think it puts the titles of the places because, well, and to be fair, a lot of those places are more familiar because we've seen them before, but it gets naturally integrated into the show. So when they are at Dragonstone, at some point, someone will talk about how they're at Dragonstone in a way that mm-hmm. works for the... Uh, That's natural. Yeah, exactly. Um so 
I'll do this. It's and it's really funny because he talks about this like warning. It's spoiler laden, extreme nerd thread. Um, I don't. I'm not even. You'll have to point out to me what you think was spoilery in here because when I read through it, nothing clicked for mm-hmm. me that isn't already somewhat well known by people as far as how like they made some rings. What a surprise by a show called Rings of Power. Okay, anyway. Dude, I love how he opens this up. <laughs> Says, it's about uh, it's about Rings of Power, and the short version is all you haters. So, again, he is, I mean, this is what everyone said. Like, this is just, this is bot behavior, yes. what he's doing right here. Says, all you haters and losers. Yeah. Uh, need to get over timeline and story compression now you can say timeline and story compression what i would call it would be inconsistency yeah hey david all you haters and losers need to get over how bad episode how bad season eight of game of thrones was the uh inconsistency and not only that the starbucks the, cups <laughs> yeah, the starbucks cup and you know the fast character development out of nowhere and yeah you know, the yeah terrible logic in it like all the main complaints like these this is one of the main complaints right Battle not the logic. only but yeah. two of the main complaints were timeline and the com- and uh the compression right so he says uh and understand the core fidelity to the tolkien story in ethos so this is the interesting thing right <laughs> he is specifically Teach talking me. to people like you and me right but you have to think about an a- an average person who isn't doing what we do who is just watching this show and maybe they run across people like this right mm-hmm. hypothetically mm-hmm. um why is it up to david french to now give us an understanding of the core fidelity to the token story and ethos is especially that, when he writes for the atlantic well not just that but like isn't that again what the show the show it's is supposed, supposed to, do. to be doing not not what you and I are like we aren't supposed to be filling in the gaps like if there are if there are massive gaps to be filled with the characterization of characters in the rings of power that's on the people who created the rings of power <laughs> like, yes it, it's dude that it, it is similar to if you, if someone came up to you and they wanted you to take a history test and mm-hmm. and it was about some kind of semi-obscure maybe you know like a little bit about it and they're just like take this history test and you do bad on it and then they're like i can't believe you did bad on that Let, like it's like but I, i'm not educated in this i don't know any of these things yes it, it, how am i supposed you just you gave me this you gave me this thing but i don't i don't know how am i supposed to know and that's basically what he does here so yeah he says the main critiques center around galadriel and sauron why is she so different from galadriel and lord of the rings she's impulsive uh she's hot-headed so uh but she's a noldor and remember the silmarillion so he's already lost us because they don't have the rights to the silmarillion yep so and people have tried to use that to defend Amazon too. Uh, by the way, that well, they only have the rights to Cimmerillion. No, they have plenty of stories they could tell that have a full fleshed out narrative. That yes, they could have added things that would have stayed true to Tolkien's spirit, but they had everything they needed. They purposely chose to tell a story outside the realm and the bounds of what they had to tell narrative wise. Yeah. That would have been faithful to Tolkien. Listen, I I dislike liars 
and I'll dislike people who are deceptive. I at least just be honest and be straight up with it. You well, know what I mean? I just, don't like, know. just tell me to my face. I'm more respectful and acceptable of that than trying to, to say, no, uh, that yellow liquid I just, uh, you know, that came down on you wasn't, you know, urine. You what's, know what re- I mean? what's really funny, too, is that he's using the better work to defend the piece of crap. He's like, <laughs> look at all of this stuff that, yeah. that Tolkien created. It's like, and now he's actually do wrong, you like, by the way. huh? He's oh. actually wrong when he said that she didn't participate in the kinslaying. Actually, an unfinished tale row, she did participate in the uh. first kinslaying. But to the extent in which she did, uh, you know, remains to be seen. But even then, yeah. even with that, even with that, it's still a mischaracterization of Galadriel because that's not her main focus. Again, as I've said many times before ad nauseum, is Galadriel great at sword fighting, particularly? Yes, I'm sure she is quite capable. Is she the best and all that and everything? No, but is she is she quite capable? Absolutely. But her main, the reason why Sauron fear, feared her wasn't because how she could wield a sword. It's because of her wisdom, perception, and mage-like abilities. So here's anyway. here's here's uh, the second one. At down. least be right if you're going to say it. Yeah. She says, or he says, she defied the Valar to leave Valinor and launch the doomed struggle against Morgoth. And what of her she personal? She did not launch the doomed struggle against Morgoth. Okay. He's wrong on that too. Uh, and what? Uh, and what of her personal ambition? In unfinished tales, Tolkien says of her, she had dreams of far lands and dominions that might be her own to order as she would without tutelage. Okay, so he he's, but that's not in the show, dude, <laughs> sir. Not only that, he's twisting it too. If someone, to point, yeah, of course he is. He's if, taking it out of context. That's uh, again, go ahead though. Well, I was gonna say if she, if this was the case. If I was to go up to someone who was uh, who had who had never who doesn't have any of this prior information about Galadriel, they watch the show and let's just say they didn't like it because I think that's mm-hmm. true for a lot of people. Um, and I was like, "Hey, did you get the idea that Galadriel in this show uh, had dreams of far lands and dominions that might be her own, uh, in order that she uh, in uh, to order as she would without tutelage?" It's like, did you get the impression that that was the character that they were creating in Rings of Power? Guarantee you they'd say no. In fact, they probably look at me and be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> her entire, we, we've gone over this, her entire plot in the Rings of Power was Sauron bad, must defeat Sauron. Oops, fell yeah, in they, love they with took, Sauron. <laughs> they took they they took Feanor's through line and the Silmarillion and you know Tolkien's work for Morgoth. And transposed that to Gladriel. That's what they did. And they took specific, uh, you know, uh, quotes from Tolkien and manipulated it to, to fit what they wanted to tell. Yeah. So so let's move down to where he talks about Sauron right here. He says, yeah. Tolkien, uh, and what of Sauron? At that time, he wasn't the burning eye in Lord of the Rings. Well, in the books, he, he that was just a symbolism thing for the movies, right? Yes. He actually did have a physical, he had a physical form. Yes. Um, so before the fall of Numenor, he could assume a fair form. Not only that, but there was a period after the War of Wrath where he appeared to repent of his evil. Um, you can probably talk about this because didn't didn't the way the show talks about it? All right. Is that he he like left and disappears and wants to now be good, but then. Galadriel leads him it's like we were I think we talked about this last week now Galadriel has turned him back to his dark ways because she rejected him the show absolutely sucks you can enjoy it 
perfectly fine with you enjoying it. It objectively absolutely sucks. Yeah. Objectively. Every single metric, directing, editing, show running, uh, design, uh, maybe not CGI. I won't say it. that's the worst. Uh, pacing, uh, character writing, uh, main plot, subplot. Uh, we could keep going on. Absolutely sucks. But specifically here, he wants to talk about the lore. First off, number one, Sauron wanted to assume the form of a man. He right. hated men. Like right. Morgoth, hate, again, they're dark lords. They hate everyone. But Morgoth had a special hatred for elves, and Sauron had a special hatred for men. He That would be... This is not that's out of character for him to do. He wouldn't take the form of Hallbrand uh, or any man for that matter. Secondly, the the form he does take is Anatar, Lord of Gifts, as an elf, right? And so uh, yeah. after after Morgoth's defeat, there is a a time where uh, Sauron was going to go back to Valinor and repent, uh, but he was fearful, and then went. Uh, b by all appearances was going to repent and then booked it and was like, no, adios. Yeah. Um, and Zach's made a really good point. He says, guys, you can counter a liar with the truth, not in the murky depths of the internet, but you can change the question. What does this guy like about the show without citing lore? Mm -hmm. Which is good. That's a good point. And I've done that. I'm not with David French. I don't know if he would even <laughs> respond to yeah. either of us. We've trolled him a little bit in the past. Yeah. Um, but he I commented uh, on this post specifically and said, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And um but I've had I've attempted with other people, and what you usually get when it comes to it is these like sort of vague ideas of what a character is. Or a lot of the time, people are creating their own their own head canon with characters. Mm -hmm. They're they're reading into stuff that actually isn't said. And I I got into it with one guy in our comments one time, where I, I said he he was making all these claims, and I mm -hmm. said Sh I was like it was kind of like that chapter in verse me thing. I was like, give me the timestamp of when the show tells us this. He got so mad. He got so mad that I asked. He's like, I'm not gonna do. I'm not gonna go. And it's like, okay, well, then you don't know. And it's yeah. like I gotcha. Um, so yeah, I agree. It's like when when you you tend to try to talk to people about that, and um, I well, actually I work with a guy that liked the show, and mm -hmm. when he when I I was trying to be really nice about it because you know I'm 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 at work. I'm not going to try to get into to that kind of ar yeah. argument with someone. <laughs> but I I I was like I don't. I was like, look, I didn't like it. I was like, I can go into autistic detail as to why I didn't like it. I was like, but I will spare that on you. Um, yeah. But he was kind of like, well, he's like, I can understand that. He's like, I kind of liked it because he gave some like vague reasons to it. But I think that's what it is. And it goes back to my theory that a lot of people, when they're watching this, they're not really paying close attention. It's either nope. they've got their phone, there's something else going on around them while they're they're watching that. Because I know sometimes when I'm not super into something, but I'm watching it, the same thing happens. Yeah. It, exactly. I definitely understand what you're talking about. But even he's wrong here because, again, you take the headcanon out of it, right? The show did not show us this. What did the show tell us in the first episode? It told us that after Morgoth was defeated, Sauron took up his orcs and then... He just disappeared. The, and, but the orcs are still in... They're kind of in Mordor, but he's in, in the middle of the ocean. And and that's the interesting thing is like he when he goes through all of this, I'm not sure... I mean, let me just go through here. Well, I guess we did get an episode what's eight or whatnot that seven or eight that Adar cut split him open, so to say, um, or something along those lines. And yeah, and then I guess after that, Sauron was like, "Sauron got split open by Adar." Yeah, okay. 
Um, so it says, but he was unwilling to face the judgment of the Valar, so he hid himself in Middle Earth, um, and he fell back into evil. For the bonds that Morgoth had laid upon him were very strong. It says the hiding explains Galadriel's quest to find him at the start of the show. It also it's also an explanation for his presence on the raft. Remember that's there's major time compression here. He's a Maiar on the run. Why was he in the ocean? Why was he in the middle of the ocean? And why was he on on if on the run? He had a exactly he like in the he show. Has a symbol. Like not, not in the books. Right. In the show. Why is he on the run? Why is he on the run? I shouldn't have, we talked about this before with Obi-Wan and with other shows. I shouldn't have to go to another source to understand what's going on in the show. I'm not talking about to understand, you know, oh wh- what all this sword represents, right? I'm talking about, you know, m- m- basic things with storytelling yeah well he he um galadriel's on this quest to find him she's searching all over for him right he should have already been in the southlands you would think in the story progression in my mind if this was the direction they were trying to go with it is that she's looking for him and we've talked about this before i still think that the story probably should have centered around centered around her and her team and and we're going like if you're trying to, to to try to like wait well i gotta interrupt you hang on He's defending that stupid bullcrap of Hall, of Sauron meeting Galadriel out in, in the, the middle of yeah. seas. How would Sauron have known? Even if he caught wind of her going to Valinor, how would he have known that she would have hopped out of the sea and where to find her? You know what I mean? And so, yeah. Uh, again, it's just well, that's it's what defending that's what bad I was, writing. That's what I was saying is that the show. If we're talking about now, we're not even talking about completely. Well, we're not talking about completely rewriting it from a more like Tolkien esque um, perspective. It's like if they're going with the warrior Galadriel, like she's Mm -hmm. on this quest. There's a mark, and she's trying to find Sauron. And you're trying to make this at least make sense. Like not that it's still not that it's good, but at least the events that are happening are in order and they make sense. Yes, she's on a quest. Yeah, she's on a quest to find Sauron. She's got this mysterious mark and she doesn't understand it. She comes to learn much faster than she does in the show that the mark is leading to the Southlands. She goes to the Southlands. You can even have your dumb mystery box of which character in the Southlands is actually Sauron, right? right. She meets up with a Rondir, right? She meets up with the characters that are in the tower. Like and, and, and this is me. Theo. Yeah, this is me doing this off the top of my head. It's not even where you just you need to simplify your absolutely bloated script of she goes on this quest she fails at her quest they want to get rid of her so they send her on a boat she jumps out of a boat she's in this raft she meets a guy it turns out that guy actually is sauron now they're headed to to numenor they're in numenor they go through all of this other garbage somehow she manages to convince all of them to go down to the southlands they go down to the Southlands. To save the town yeah. of 30 people a magic volcano explodes and somehow people aren't incinerated in it or covered in ash and co- and cocooned alive and, and, and it, he's it's declared just like, king uh, of the southlands without any anyone betting yeah the, the script is bloated and it's nonsense and everyone just accepts it they're like yeah hell king yeah <laughs> just and like but yeah like galadriel even though she's thousands of years old and would probably and would know about all the fighting that happened in middle earth and along with you know you have Elrond and Celebrimbor and Gil-galad you would think someone would know like hey no that dude died off that that king of the Southlands 
died off a thousand years ago. Yeah, and every everyone kept telling us too that because he kind of gets into like, oh, this is young, this is a younger version of her. She's not who she's eventually going to be, and it's like, all right, but she had no progression in this season. From episode yeah. one to episode eight, she was the same character. Nothing changed. The, the 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 only thing that really changed for her is that she found out this guy she was kind of seemingly falling for was Sauron. Yeah. And of course, her, so you, thing, her almost yeah, thing. you you have all of the, the people on uh, on social media who are now like, oh, my gosh, Galadriel and Sauron. Like, oh, we love it. This is what and I'm just like, oh, Lord, dude, I'm telling you, they should have just waited. They should have like had them. uh they get more romantic and yeah. intimate together. That way, we could have baby Sauron and Galadriel <laughs> next season. <laughs> and then their their child Just gets baby Balrog. Get a spinoff about yeah. their 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 child and the baby Balrog. Uh, oh yeah. man! So when he says there's there's much more to say, but huge credit to the writers for leaning into core ethos of Tolkien mythology, <laughs> <laughs> including when Bronwyn huge said to Theo. Credit. In the end, the shadow is but a small and passing thing. There is light and high beauty forever beyond its reach. That's that's not that's not keeping with the core ethos and mythology. That's just taking lines and repurposing them. Yes. There's nothing there's nothing necessarily good about that. And I'm not saying you can't do that. <laughs> what I'm saying is if you're gonna do it, you need to do it in a way that You gotta be good at it. Yeah. <laughs> if you're like, gonna do it, especially with Tolkien. You better be good at it. Like, you know, it, it, we talked about this. They didn't repurpose. They didn't even just re- repurpose Tolkien's lines. They repurposed Peter Jackson lines <laughs> that I bet they thought were Tolkien's lines. Oh, yeah, like the I'm, follow your I'm nose really thing. I'm really confident that, like, yeah, yeah, follow your nose part. I thought, and there's other lines, too, that are just strictly Peter Jackson that I caught on. And I was like, they thought this was Tolkien. Yeah. <laughs> That's how, the, and, that, and that speaks to Peter Jackson's credit and the other writers for the movies and Again, the the new dialogue they came up with felt very Tolkienian. You know what I mean? It yeah. was true, even though he took creative liberties with the source material. It's not a one for one adaptation, but they were done for medium purposes and uh, rather than political and ideological purposes. Todd in the troll room said the Sauron and Galadriel's kid is named Tempest. <laughs> <laughs> um, little temp. Yeah, he see. Was there anything else from this? No, that's pretty much it. One of the guys uh, on EFAP was saying that that line that uh, not Gandalf Gandalf says when he's like, follow your nose was really dumb, too, because they're in an open field. He's like, you're right next to an apple tree. Like, what are you? You might. There's all these things you might be smelling. Like, follow your nose to the it's like uh, maps exist we got two we got two <laughs> of them uh the first one was in the first episode with uh galadriel where they kind of repurpose a line from gandalf when he was in the when they were in the mines of moria uh way more than this but I'm t- as far as the nose part um and then that one but yeah that's a good point that's hilarious so we uh, on on a, a brighter note because i know we've been We've been crapping yeah. on Lord of the Rings, and I know people love it. Um, but I, I want to um, give a shout out uh, to Patty Constantine, yes, uh, and his role as Viserys Targaryen in House of the Dragon. And I, I again, Efap being a great source for content, um, led me essentially to this interview. Now I had to look it up for myself because Mahler just mentioned it. Um, but Patty had specific. Um, experiences in his life that helped him in his role 
Mm-hmm. And I, I'm sure we've talked about this in the past, but one of the things that really helps with great writing is when you have both good and bad experiences in your life mm-hmm. that develop the things that you're creating. So despite our feelings about war, there are things like war, deaths in the family, seeing a family member um, struggle or be consumed by an illness, uh, which is something he's going to talk about. Uh, There are endless possibilities, your travels and the things you've seen and the different type of people that you've met. There are all these things. And and you had mentioned it. I I can't remember if we were recording at the the time, but um, this idea that a lot of the writers these days are in this uh, bubble in their zip code in Hollywood and that they don't they're all kind of living within this and that there's not a lot of interesting ideas being brought from the outside into writing rooms these days it's all very generic it's all very uh algorithm based uh and it it doesn't have the same depth that what i would say is one of the best performances at least of this year yeah Um, a lot of people think that he should win awards for his performance and i don't disagree um Mm -hmm. so i i wanted to just talk about this uh or, or I wanted to play this clip. It's a, it's about four minutes long, so you guys you guys can sit back and, and enjoy By the Nobel this. Peace Prize? Um, no, just like an Emmy. <laughs> I just thought we were talking about all the pointless awards they give out. <laughs> like Emmys. Emmys, Oscars, <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize. But he, he should be recognized. And that was yeah. what, I, despite like I all of so the pomp too. and circumstance, circumstance of those award shows, I don't have a problem with you know a group of people be, like recognizing their peers and being like, hey, you did awesome in this this year. The only problem is, is a lot of time they're way off. Yeah. You know, it's like they're just they're not in the no, same his, sort of like headspace as the public. His performance was impeccable. Yeah. So uh, this is just, you know, uh, his experience uh, with with all that. Oh, whoops. <laughs> did I mute this? I did. Of course I did. I always had this visual by the time we did when we did six, I'd already started to kind of form that. So I kind of knew in my mind where I wanted to go by, you know, the later episodes. Um, so, yeah, in my mind, I already had an end point. What happened was that at some point in the process, Gita got, uh, when Gita was on board, who directs, um, I think she does eight and ten or something like that. And um, she, she'd had a talk with Miguel and they come up with this idea that, Viserys is very gaunt. He like he, it's almost like cancerous how he's deteriorated. And we spoke about this because I, you know, my dad died of cancer, and I literally watched him go to a kind of a skeleton. You know, it's an awful thing to have to watch. Um, and what that meant then was that I mean, it was it went more extreme than I'd imagined, but that was really really helpful because by the end of Viserys' kind of life. He's in just he's just in agony. He's barely existing. He's on the he's basically on opium and you know, he's not living anymore. He's not doing duty anymore. And and also what I brought to that was there's there's some people and I, and I think my mother, God bless her, who I adored, I think she's somebody she was sick pretty much all of my life, as I remember. And to the point where she eventually went blind, she lost both her legs and it was diabetes, but she she neglected herself. I think a lot of onus was put on us as children that, you know, we'd neglected her, but I don't think she had much love for herself at some point. I think she neglected herself and, and you know, ultimately that that's a tragic thing. I think my mum started to become her illness 
And I think sometimes when people get sick, I'm not saying an ex- it's an excuse, but it means that they don't have to face certain things, that they can use their illness as a shield to go, well, I don't, I don't do that and I don't go there and I don't. And then they start to sort of disappear. And I saw that with my mother. And it's a really sad thing to see because you do want to help somebody. But the hardest thing is when somebody's beyond it. It's, it's just beyond help. Like they've mentally just given up. So I took that as a way of kind of looking at that with my mother and kind of exercising that sort of thing. Well, not even exercising it, but just exploring it. So I took that element of my mother and her love, because she was a very loving person. And I put that in Viserys, that, that how tactile he is and how he, he, you know, he has grandchildren and he kisses them. And I wanted that affection and that love to be in him because I think that's a really powerful thing. So I, I put that in into, um, into Viserys because at some point he starts to do that. He, he actually says, you know, I don't deal with these things anymore. Alison's and Otto deal with them. And it's almost high on the milk of the poppy that they have. And it's just pushed it all away and he can't do it anymore. And I think that's part of him. He wants to die. I think he gets to a point in his life anyway where he wants to die. And, and I, already, I always had a, an image in my head when he died of what vision he saw. And I tried to share it with Gita and I, I don't I don't know if it was properly understood because it wasn't within story context. But when he died, the last thing that he sees that takes him through is obviously Emma, who he, you know what I mean? So that was my thing for dying. It was like, you know, finally, I can leave this world and I can I can be with you and my pain is now over. Mm. That Powerful words. It, man, I, it's one of the things that's missing from so like it's just missing from from writers. Mm. Considering and, and, and actors. Talk, yeah, we talk about this where it's it's kind of funny. It's like, do you think anyone would be like, hey man, this is fiction. Why are you you know, why are you do you know how we get that complaint all the time? It's yeah. Like, but the guy took a situation that happened to him and he he took elements of that and put it into his character yeah because when you go through or you see someone go through a situation like he was talking about uh i think he said did his father have cancer and he said his mother had diabetes his mother's yep. the one that that's that he talks about more but she essentially started falling apart and he talks about how she became the disease mm-hmm. lost both of her legs i think he said she ended up losing both of her eyes um, and so you get that connection now of how he was able to take those situations and portray Viserys in a way that can connect with people, whether they've gone through that situation or not. Uh, and it just blows out of the water anything that we've seen recently. Uh, yeah, just recently, especially with a character. Um, and then, I, of course, he I, I think he was he was spot on. I think most people caught on to the fact that the last thing that he sees before he dies is Emma, his yeah. his wife, his his previous wife before yep. Allison. Allison, um, it's just great, and I, I don't know. And I don't that know. undertone too of like how much he still loved his first wife, uh, even though yeah. he remarried. You know, and, and they um they they kind of foreshadow that a little bit because he start he mistakes her in seven, I think. Yeah, and they're at the funeral, and he and he calls her Emma. Um, so it's just great, and I, this is what. I want, and I think maybe you want, mm-hmm. from this, the, the entertainment that we get is like, 
if you're gonna do this, make it something that people can relate to. Just because it's yep. fantasy doesn't mean that it can't be based in certain types of reality. Whether yep. even if the disease That's is what made fantasy up, is for. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's people like to use well it's fantasy, you can do whatever you want to, but as we've talked about before, that Tolkien himself said, you know, there's a difference between or you have two different ideas that float suspension of disbelief and secondary belief. Secondary belief are those things that uh, we all agree to. And, and I'm a paraphrase. Uh, that's true for this world. Right. So like for House of Dragon, there's dragons in it. Yeah. Obviously, there's not dragons in our world, but we're all accepting. Hey, that's but, it. Yeah. But they, they play by rules. Yes. It's not like the dragon is all is going to swell. Except in season well, seven and eight, backwards. but they That's don't teleport. Disbelief. Yeah. yeah. If if you have if you have set up rules, dragons can fly. Dragons breathe fire. Mm-hmm. You know they're strong. You have a set of rules that the dragons are supposed to follow, and then right. you know a few season seasons in, all of a sudden they're teleporting across Westeros. You go, wait, how does that work? Why are they there so fast? And it would be even worse if they actually. You saw all of a sudden the dragon starts talking and it goes, hello, Daenerys. Did you know I have the ability to teleport? And she goes, wow, I didn't know that. And then gets on him and they start teleporting around Westeros. You would go, yeah. And what? then Damon starts shooting out fire from his hands. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's these things that all of a sudden they, they break the immersion into the show. Yep. Uh, things have to have rules in order to progress properly and that's a big problem that rings of power had is especially with that volcano thing um and man i can't believe people have been defending that they're weak defenses but people are trying again there's a difference between suspension of disbelief that we all suspend our disbelief for versus secondary belief which is the rules in which your world operates under yeah yeah all right so are you ready for um what i would probably call the most petty article that i've read this year yes i'm ready uh this is from the bash another you know we talk about the different bastions of truth out there um this is from another one this is kotaku which has gone way downhill in recent years in fact i can't remember who own who's like over this group but this is the company that frost they will they were part uh (laughs) They were part of because uh, Jezebel's a part of their little like group of oh, different yeah. outlets, you know, when they were the ones that had, I think, yeah. uh, released a bunch of like footage of Hulk Hogan and oh, who was suing them, too. and yeah. yeah, it's like this group. Um, and onion. I used to, I when I was, this is probably fifteen years ago, I used to use Kotaku for a lot of news um, mm-hmm. because early on they they would have a lot of news, and and I, I never noticed the the sort of more ideological bent in them that that came around over the last few years mm-hmm. um anyway this writer writes resident evil evil ethan went eth sorry y'all resident evils ethan winters and silent hills james sunderland are the same boring protagonist now i know you have i don't think you've played either of these games right right okay it won't matter um, I've seen people play them. Th- these are the original ones, right? So, uh, Ethan well, Winters, Silent Hill, too. Yeah. Silent Hill Two, but Ethan Winters is in uh, Seven and Eight, which are the first person okay. ones. Now, we don't actually find out uh, what Ethan looks like. I think until the end of Eight, but mm-hmm. it's really not important because them it, it doesn't really matter. Like you having any idea what Silent Hill and Resident Evil is about will not affect this article in the least. I just thought you would find this pretty entertaining. Okay. 
So, uh, watching the trailer for Konami's Silent Hill 2 remake, I'm reminded that not only do I hate protagonist James Sunderland and want him to die, but I'd also encourage Resident Evil franchise's Ethan Winters to stick his uh, blonde head in the oven as soon as possible. Uh, He dies in 8, by the way. Um, (laughs) uh, Like... Okay, I don't know who uh, Sylvana Plath. If she were an untalented man in a video game, okay. So you see where this is going, right? Yeah. Okay. This uh, animosity might catch you off guard. I admit, I might have an evolutionary fear of ineffectual blonde men, like how some people are afraid of snakes or intimacy. I'm certainly disturbed. Yeah. And and this is (laughs) a weird thing, right? So I'm racist. Just say that. Uh, Like how some people are afraid of snakes or intimacy. I'm certainly disturbed by Christopher Columbus. What? Okay. Do you see the weird jump there? Yeah. She comes, goes from fear of ineffectual blonde men. Intimacy, Christopher Columbus. Yeah. 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 Who scientific America described in 1893 as being with blonde beard and hair, clear complexion and blue eyes. I would have to look into that because he's a Spaniard, right? I don't think they all. Yeah. I know that they are. They're, it's different but it's... anyway yeah, we'll just keep going with it yeah it's a spectrum um, we'll just uh, we'll just go with it for now uh like columbus who was famously too stupid for spattle awareness i believe ethan and james are both capable now remind reminding everyone she's talking about two made-up video game characters and comparing them to columbus and snakes and intimacy all right. Um, oh, I believe man. Ethan and James are both well, capable of accidentally inflicting death and venereal disease upon an entire continent. That's not the only images that conjure up when she says blonde hair, blue eyes, effectual men, Nazis, you know, get that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's the that's the, the <laughs> that's blonde hair, blue eyes. For. Yeah, that's yeah. the underlying thing. I don't and I can't remember if she gets into that. This is great, though. What you got wrong? Dude, she said, I know I have blue eyes too. Um, I love, look, I believe, so she's talking about two made up video game characters. All right. Um, I believe Ethan and James are both capable of accidentally inflicting death and venereal disease upon an entire continent. (laughs) They they aren't real. They're not mental health. I've been wanting to get that Abba and preach, uh, like get an ISO of Abba going mental health. Oh, mental yeah, health. yeah. <laughs> uh, it says it's difficult for me to pinpoint exactly where this conviction comes from, mental health. But when I look at James sniveling and swoopy haired with a little green jacket, and Ethan sniveling and swoopy haired with a little tawny jacket, I want to start handing flyers out about why chemtrails are turning the frogs blonde. It feels true. It, uh, I feel it in my core. They're not turning the frogs blonde. They're turning them something else, David. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do a side by side comparison? So she goes through. I'm not going to read all this. She yeah. literally. Hang on, I'm assuming she, Ashley, we're going with she. Um, She takes James and Ethan. Are you assuming her gender? Yes. Oh, no, I shouldn't have confessed to that on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) I entrapped myself. Yes. Uh, uh, 
anyway. I think I assumed the gender for you in the question. Because <laughs> I said her gender. She said the person's gender, but hey, you know, Ashley probably not. You got nine times out of ten is probably going to be yeah. a she. Oh, man, I'm, I'm missing Sorry the, to the one Ashley that is a guy that I know. I'm missing the uh, the anyway ISO. I don't know what happened to uh, it. Uh, anyway. Wait, not, what is, oh, no, that's the kids cheering okay sorry 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 okay so she goes through this whole compo- like this thing about what they're wearing right yeah. so just it is it's completely petty but it, we're almost done we're almost done it seems clear to me that james and ethan are two sides of the same useless coin everything that happens to them is kindled by their more interesting uh sick missing wives and yet they get to be the protagonist so you see where we're going with this yeah they get to navigate the marsh in the mist waving their guns like lollipop shouting what was that at every bump in the night <laughs> it's not fair they're bumbling and they never earn uh, an answer uh, I can understand being unequipped for the gross uh, mentally and physically traumatizing ordeals both James and Ethan go through. And I'm going to explain to you these two characters, by the way. I, I, okay. I know I know Ethan better than I, I do James because I've played Resident Evil and I, I haven't, I, Silent Hill wasn't my thing because that was more of a PlayStation thing back in the day. But I am going to pick up the, the remake when it comes out because uh, it looks really good. Um, hey, uh, David. I mean, I'm sorry. Jake, I need you to get your uh, Tinder... Uh, buddy out of the they got it they got chat. it okay good <laughs> sorry bots, jake likes to advertise nightbot doesn't nightbot doesn't work but the sex bots do um we'll get that taken care of one of these days oh no i lost my place it's not fair they're bumbling and they never earn an answer i can understand being unequipped for the gross mentally and physically traumatizing ordeals both james and ethan go through i wouldn't exactly know how to re uh react to my wife coming at me with a chainsaw either but I wish their games would give me anything to admire em- empathize with within these men. Again, we're going to talk about this. Remember that specific line. Okay. Uh, we spent hours playing as. You can't coast on luck and boyish uh, perplexity all the time as much as Silent Hill and Resident Evil insist otherwise. Though I suppose men like... Uh, by the way, Ethan gets his hand cut off in 7. Like, it's it's not luck. That's not good. Like, he gets destroyed in those games. Um... Let's see. You can't coast on luck, boyish perplexity, and uh, all the time as much as Silent Hill and Resident Evil insist. Mm-hmm. Though I suppose men like Leonardo DiCaprio. So now she's going into another spot. So you're like, was this whole thing just so that you could complain about Leonardo DiCaprio kind of being a douchebag? Like, where are we? Where are we headed with this? She's all over the place. It's like it's like being in the head of one of the writers for Rings of Power. Um, though I suppose men like Leonardo DiCaprio have been doing it for decades and we still reward them uh, with more movies and 24 year old girlfriends as if we're rewarding him with those things Um, in her 1993 book new uh, Maldives of the soul in exploring who still has a soul psychoanalyst and critic uh, Julia uh, Kristeva writes that held back by his foolishness modern man is a narcissist so again a narcissist who may suffer but who feels no remorse golly wait till I tell you about these two characters too because you can tell this woman has probably never played these games Uh, when he uh, is not depressed when he's not depressed, Crevista continues, he is a body that acts often without even the joys of such performative drunkenness. So it's like purple prose. 
uh, hmm, same, but Bland, James, and Ethan, blonde, handsome, and regrettably uninteresting, are prime examples of what happens when men aren't encouraged to nourish their souls. They fumble in the dark with empty heads, and they survive horror, but with blunder, with blinders on. Women never get to shy away from gore. <laughs> like, what? I know. I know I'm spiteful. Well, at least you're aware of it. But I think James and Ethan deserve what they get. Okay, so uh, let's start with Resident Evil because I know it better. Um, Ethan is a family man. He has a wife that he cares about so much that he goes to a haunted mansion in the like swamp of, I think it's Louisiana, and att- attempting to save her. Even after she is possessed, cuts his hand off, fights his way through horrors, saves her, right? And it essentially happens again in the next game. And then he, and he also was like, save, uh, has a daughter, right? That he's, that he's trying to save. The dude is, he goes through hell essentially for his family. Yeah. Whatever else you feel about the stories in those games, because I have plenty of criticisms real criticisms of them it's pretty good it's pretty good it's pretty solid right right now the other character that that she's talking about here uh james james uh sunderland um is in a silent hill game and murders his wife so they're not exactly the same sorry that might be a that game's like 30 years old at this point it's that's not it doesn't matter uh sorry if i spoiled that but there's one of the things about Silent Hill is that the monsters are all a reflection of characteristics of the person that you're playing. Right. So there actually is a lot of like deep seated uh, issues with him with like lust and obviously murder and like a bunch of other things that, again, I've listened to people like comment on Silent Hill 2 in particular uh, in years past. Um, mm. But there's a lot of depth to those games and the way that the storytelling tends to work. Uh, comes from what you're doing, the notes that you find, but also the the actual enemies in the game are characteristics of the person that you're playing, like the character that you're playing. It's actually right. it's it's got some depth to it. Um, but I really just wanted to read that because that is a completely unhinged rant. That is like, a <laughs> asinine article. So many straw mans in that, and just horrible uh, analogies. Um, if you like horror games, I definitely recommend them. That guy in the troll room was asking about that. Um, I prefer 7 to 8, um, and I would wait for the Silent Hill 2 remake just for modern updates' sake, because I'm pretty sure they're keeping the story exactly the same. It looks like they're, they're it's going to be like one for one. Um, but yeah, I love Resident Evil. I've been a big fan for a long time. Um, you can get one... Th- well depending on how you feel about those games. You can get one through one through eight on Xbox and PlayStation, I'm pretty sure. Um, they're great. Really, really like those games. They're not all like perfect, but I, I enjoy the the way that, that a lot of them play. They're, it's a topic for another time. I can't give you my yeah. full list tonight. But, I, dude, it, it, it's crazy that this company paid this woman to write this, this unhinged rant <laughs> about blonde men hey Boring get your bag yeah right so funny dude it's always the stri- the white males oh, no, i'm telling you in these articles and they're always blonde and blue eyes you yeah. people realize that you know 
there are white males who don't have blue eyes and blonde hair. Like I have blue eyes and brown hair, for example. Right. Well, it's not who she. She's not talking about you, Joseph. No, nah, clearly not. No. Um. Yeah, I don't. Man, mental health, y'all. Yep. <laughs> oh, sp- and, speaking on a serious note. Spe- uh, on a serious note, I was gonna say speaking of mental health, <laughs> Ryan Johnson is still in talks to to make a Star Wars trilogy. No one, and I mean no one. Not JJ. <laughs> I don't even care. I'm not going to see Star Wars. I don't care. I'm not watching Andor. I watched 10 minutes and I was like, you know what? I just don't care to review it. I will I probably it. finish it at some point and let you know my thoughts. But I. Yeah, that's fine. It, it, it's, not do, it. it's not doing well. I just uh, don't care about Star Wars anymore. I, you know, like yeah. they've already just sabotaged. I just, I don't have any interest in, in it. You know, I'd have to wait to hear good reviews from people and future stuff and and i'm not i don't even mean just good reviews i mean glowing reviews yeah. from people that i trust in order to check it out you know what i mean uh, yeah i i, I have since uh, funny enough since uh the last jedi mm-hmm. been very disenfranchised I, I remember someone asked me about it uh a, a while it was probably a good six months after that and they were like, you don't, you just don't like Star Wars anymore. And I was like, it's complicated. And then over time, I just really came. The thing is, like, they don't make Star Wars for me anymore. I don't really know who Ooh. they're they're making it for anymore. And I think there's some interesting stuff in Andor. Yeah, from the first the first three episodes, and I get what they're they're doing. Um, but dude, I, I read today, that like on the Nielsen's, which isn't the end all be all for ratings. It's not even in the top ten. Mm. It didn't even crack it. I think it's just too much content. I think one of the things we talk about all the time is that less is more. And there's so much content out there that it drains everything down and, and, and the quality is going down too. And so uh, I think uh, having less content out there for each streaming platform and doing all of the content that they have well is a better approach personally. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just not making things that are political too. Just that's the other thing is that oh man it just it just a disaster of a trilogy yeah i i it, it, it and you know going back and and having mauler break down he ha- he still hasn't finished his uh the force awakens uh <laughs> breakdown i think he's oh, still yeah. got like two more videos to do um That's hilarious. but him like going through a lot of it you're just like yeah those are problems um, and, and honestly, well, it's, it's one of the reasons why I, I, I wanted to do this with you is because like I was in a place where there was stuff that I thought was great and then mm-hmm. having someone in detail break down issues with things, it changes your opinion mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. And then, and then I think you and I talked about when what was it? The first Star movie of the oh, Star dude, Wars trilogy I was, I is the so, Force Awaken. Yeah, well, of the new one. Yeah, I was so hyped for it. Like I saw it then, so many times. And then <laughs> I remember uh, you and I talking about. It. I was like, yeah, bro, I just don't see it, man. I just think I, it's uh, it's literally the first movie of the trilogy just redone. <laughs> which was fine. I was, and that's the thing is, I was aware of the arguments. It was more of yeah. just like, I, it just didn't bother me. Yeah, and I the 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 it being, oh, like the same one again. 
it's it, it's it as an argument i understand it it that is not something that would necessarily sway me in general yeah. whereas when you start that talking was just the about the first thing that yeah. jumped out to me then when, we got into more depth about yeah. everything else when you start when you talk about like story structure now like that's the stuff mm-hmm. that's really going to be like oh yeah you're right it's like then there was a lot and then it, it wasn't until force awakens came out that i saw it everyone in the audience was cheering and it has these like grand uh, moments that are supposed to you know get you in your heart and mm-hmm. like emotional and i was somewhere between like oh well that's visually impressive to like why is leia flying through outer space like what are they doing and yeah. I-, I was confused and then i went from confused to like all right i think i need to see it again cuz i think i don't like this movie and I, I went and I, I was talking to a buddy of mine at the time uh, who was a he's a really big Star Wars guy. Um, yeah. Like he he's one of those guys that would go and write fan fiction in his free time. Oh, wow. Like knew a ton about Star Wars. And it's not Jake, even though I don't know if Jake does that. But uh, we were he talking about those it. erotic Star Wars. Novels, no, 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 Jake? no, no, no. <laughs> um, but he uh, I was talking to him about it. I remember this pretty vividly and I was like I really don't think I like that movie I was like but I'm so confused I was like I don't I, I it was just like it hadn't quite landed and I went to see it again and then I was just like this movie sucks I was yeah. like this isn't good um and it hasn't aged well I remember trying to go back and I watched through uh the original trilogy the prequel trilogy and then I was like all right I'll go through the sequel trilogy again and I got through Force Awakens and then I started watching um the last Jedi. I think I made it about halfway through, and I was like, "I'm good." I was like, "I know what happens." Dude, that edit, <laughs> that edit when they're fighting, uh, uh, they're fighting in throne Snape room. or whatever is the Snape, Snape. <laughs> freaking whatever is the freaking Same Shaggy, yeah. whatever his name is, uh, and they take out the uh, the sword or whatnot so that she doesn't get killed. Too spot on, man. It was yep. great. Yeah. yeah what was his name? To... Snope. Snope. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah. Oh Lord. I, I really I don't think about Listen, those movies I very saw often. Those movies one time, and I promised myself I would not watch them again. Yeah. So I um, like the I like the uh, trilogy that came out in the early two thousands. The sequels better than that crap. I would say that the if you're talking about sequel and prequel trilogy, the prequel trilogy is objectively better for all of its problems. Yeah. I don't think it's good. Like don't don't hear what I'm not saying. Uh-huh. I don't think it's good. Yeah, but the prequel is definitely better than the sequel. There's a lot of people who are kind of trying to push that across. And Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, no, they're good movies. It's like, they're not, they're not very good. They're still not very good. Things have just gotten worse. And just to let everyone know, too, listen, you could still enjoy movies in these movies that we dislike and then I dislike in shows. It's just being able to say, hey, I enjoy this movie, but I recognize that it's bad in these areas, which is what I do in regard, regarding The Hobbit. That's the first thing that comes to mind. Sure. There's other movies and shows, too, that I like, but that I recognize, hey, you know, uh, this is, even though I enjoy it, I'm not going to sit here and say this is a great or good movie or TV show. It, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's it's cool. We don't have to agree on everything. I don't really. No. It doesn't really bother me. It actually makes things more interesting um, when someone's got a different perspective on uh, Star Wars, whatever. Uh, We've disagreed I, with some things regarding House of Dragon. Yeah, we probably. Well, we might on this one. Um, we may. 
All right. Well, uh, I hope you all get ready and uh, look forward to the Ryan Johnson trilogy because uh, he, he says he says he's talked with Kathleen Kennedy about it, and we're still talking about it. So and she's still there. Star Why? Wars, who knows? Yeah, Star Wars is in a really weird, really weird it's place dead. right now. Um, it's on uh, life support, dude. I don't, I don't know. It, on the ventilator. It, it's hard to tell. It's just hard to tell with the uh, the TV shows coming out because it's not a. For me, that's not like a good indicator of the health of it. Um, I think it's it's something where th- they're going to have to put another trilogy out or attempt to do another trilogy to kind of get the temperature. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because if they put another one, they put another movie out, it makes like a billion dollars. I don't know. There's there's clearly still some interest to it, right? But yeah, if they put it they- out and it doesn't perform. Like and I'm talking I just don't like no, dude. I think they'll have to. I, I think they may have to sell it. I don't know if Disney can do it. Well, I'm not. They I don't know if they sell well, that's so the thing. much on a, a whole. I'm not saying that they can do it. What I'm saying is, it's like it's kind of hard. We're just in a position right now where it's hard to tell if yeah. it's actually possible for them to move this forward because they're like Disney Plus just isn't a great indicator because people have streaming services. They forget about the streaming services and Mm -hmm. stuff comes through or like you know they're watching star wars but like they're not really i don't i don't know if it's got that same oomph anymore so i don't know if them going back to to movies would really have that same kind of impact that like when the force awakens came out the kind of impact that that movie had um despite you know feelings on it it still made a crap ton of money i mean that movie did very well and then they progressively did worse as the the series went on um, and then a lot of the spinoff stuff, you know, people like uh, Rogue One, people like the ending of Rogue One <laughs> and some mm-hmm. of the characters. You want to leave the audience wanting for more. And <laughs> they definitely don't do that. Um, all righty. So in other news, Harrison Ford is joining Captain America Four as uh, Darth Vader. <laughs> what? Uh, Harrison Ford joins uh Marvel Cinematic Universe taking on the role of General Ross previously played by the late actor William Hurt uh sources confirm to the Hollywood Reporter it's funny how Hollywood Reporter and Variety keep coming up recently yeah it is right uh, it, those have kind of become two like kind of staples staples as far as us talking about this news uh Ford will appear as Ross in Captain America New World Order great title which will star Anthony <laughs> Mackie reprising his longtime Marvel character Sam Wilson Oh, God. The Cloverfield Paradox Helmer, Julius Anoa, is set to direct. Have you seen that movie? Yes, but it's been a while. I've it only is, seen it one time. It is bad. Is it, wasn't it bad? It's I thought really so. I was like, bad. I remember it being terrible. I, wasn't it boring? I don't remember being bored. It's just stupid. Yeah. It's like a bad, it's almost, it's almost like a bad alien movie. If that makes sense, because it's on a spaceship, there's like weird stuff happening, yeah. and then people are getting killed off. If I remember yep. correctly, it I only did see it the one time back when it when it released, and I I like the first one well enough. It's it, you know it's a, a first person view, like people running around a city while it's getting destroyed by a monster. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was it was kind of interesting at the time in particular because you there wasn't a lot of that going on. Uh, and then once that it started that like trend of all these movies doing the stuff where it's like the, the character you're following is the actual camera. Um, and then, uh, what was it? 
whatever the one that came after uh found footage thank you jenna um the uh the one that came after that uh was decent except for the ending the ending kind of ruined yeah. it a little bit what was um, that that's the one with uh, 12 John Clover, in it? yeah 12 Cl- cloverfield yeah. lane um good movie very like tight you know oh the prey the per- the guy that directed prey directed 12 i think it's 12 cloverfield lane i i think i think that's the right number <laughs> um but the guy that directed prey he directed uh he directed that uh. and it's it's a much it's a much better movie in my opinion yeah um and yeah it's like super tight there's only a, you know really really small cast really good tension and then they basically have to throw in the cloverfield stuff at the end and you're like you couldn't have just left that up in the air like it couldn't yeah, right. it, it, did it have to you know and this is the problem with everything having to be like a like a tie-in to everything else whether we're talking about like marvel stuff or you know um yeah, I'm checking into that. Ten, that's really the only field. credit he has. That's any that's worth anything. All the other credits he have he has to his name. I mean, no offense to the stuff, but I've never heard of him. But well, that's well. So, I mean, you know, it, what? <laughs> yeah, I was just was like he's not really a part of anything uh, that I would say has been great. So we'll see how he does on this. Uh, this oh you mean the guy that's directing this yeah oh, yeah okay. that's directing it yeah Julius Ona <laughs> yeah yeah sorry I should have clarified that I'm yeah. sick I'll, I'll keep using that as my excuse <laughs> uh oh lord there's this like the corn kid in that uh <laughs> in that video <laughs> I was getting distracted so anyway um Harrison Ford is joining the MCU. 10 years too Yay. late. Yeah. Oh, oh, another news. The Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium trailer dropped too. And this is my reaction to both Harrison Ford joining and that trailer. Boring. Okay. It's just another... Yeah, Mahler put out, yeah, a, okay. put out a tweet today where he was like, uh, the Ant-Man movies have this uh, weird thing surrounding them that people, uh, the second the credits roll, people forget those movies exist. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't really... I just don't really care for him. The only you know, even when yeah. I watched the trailer, I was just like, eh, you know. I, I, like, I just don't. I, I just like don't the first care. one. I don't. I don't love it. I think it's a a perfectly like decent. Part. It's like a completely decent one. He's you know the only reason why I went and saw the first one and I've seen the second one too is because of Paul Rudd. But outside of that, I don't really care for him. And no one else in the show. Uh, oh, but, dude! And they gave uh, Evangeline Lilly like a a pixie haircut for yeah. this new one. It looks doesn't look very good yeah i don't i don't know what they were trying to do with that she's pretty i forgot about her she's pretty cool in it. um yeah or a pretty cool actress of lost fame yeah yeah uh yeah so i mean harrison ford's coming around i don't yeah uh, who cares henry cavill confirms he's back as superman though yeah hopefully that's way more exciting hopefully they get some decent writer i know that we have there's like plenty of snyderverse fans or whatever I don't think Zach. We aren't them. No, I don't think Zack Snyder's a very good writer. Um, <laughs> I'm you glad think he's I'm good gl- on uh, uh, the cinematography and, and picture design. Right? Um, old school Zack Snyder. Yes. Okay. His newer stuff is not great. Um, his obsession with slow motion and just he. Autor. He seems to be sexually aroused by his own film footage 
that's that's a personal that's a way to put it yeah i just especially after watching um the snyder cut of justice league oh yeah it's just uh, it's a hunch obviously like i don't know this for sure but his like slow motion and the way that he just like sits on these shots of characters and it's just one of those things i'm like dude you are way too into yourself yeah you know what i mean um and I so I watch half the Zack Snyder cut and I'm like, I'm not watching this rest of this stupid movie. Yeah. So I, I, um, I, I haven't seen a lot of his old stuff, but yeah, I, I thought that 300 was, especially back in the day, like 300 was like a staple for movies. Like nobody had seen anything like that before. Yeah. Um, and that guy sa- says in the troll room, I'm sorry, this is a point to me not watching it. I heard the Snyder cut, the justice league is played better than the original. Haven't seen it because it's, because four hours is so daunting. Exactly. I watched half of it and I just wasn't that impressed with it. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm not going to be watching this thing for four yeah. hours. It's not Lord of the Rings. You know what I mean? Um, it was so long ago at this point. I, I don't feel confident enough to really. I think it's overhyped. Yeah. And I just, I don't, DC is one of those things that I don't care about as much. Um, I liked the suicide squad. Um, Shazam. I, I enjoyed um and that's still really, gotta watch black adam yeah and i'm gonna go see black adam because i think yeah. that it, it, the the critics hate it so that's reason enough to to at least to go watch it to, right to, to, to be like oh huh i saw that i'm like oh this why movie must be good yeah. um not an indication that it'll be good but uh, it is enough to be yeah. like hmm like wonder what's going on here yeah uh and yeah, that that's that's an, uh, enough for that. Even though I've heard it's basically just a bunch of like stupid action, that's pretty much it. Like it, it's it's not gonna like you know everyone's like oh yeah Henry Cavill's at the end or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that that that's good to see. Uh, I actually saw the original the original cut of Justice League on Thanksgiving. <laughs> that weird. That's hilarious. <laughs> it was a, that was a weird that was a weird Thanksgiving. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the underground whether you've been watching this live or you're going to watch it on or listen to it on podcast feeds afterwards um we do the show every monday uh 6 30 eastern roughly uh as long as everything's <laughs> running going smoothly. well yeah i don't have weird feedback loops going on and whatever else um but yeah did you have anything else you wanted to add before i, I close this out no that's it all right well until next week y'all take it easy being patient with them, I try to But you got room temperature IQ Expecting a lecture from these idiot guys who Got opinions not worth it, what's under my shoe Y'all tripping on truth when we call it out Cause y'all people as goofy as I'll get out If y'all with them and not with you, I'd sit out Cause every rapper's on the list now, mad at a pitch count Flowing heaters like my souls beat up No people focus on hoaxes and the shows he book And I'm hoping to open doors and I got foes and such But I know that I'll be opposing to the goal I must start attacking Ain't lacking my brains lashed in Same way that I game is the same way of the back end All the pain that I bring up is like the bang to the Batman I'm back cracking Whack trends claiming they rap bands and backtracking Give a crap about the what's his face Only thing you out rapping is a sandwich at Subway And y'all just so happen to welcome beef on my lunch plate And you are a disaster and this can only go one way And you steady flashing guns in your music viz And I know you do it for the fun but what you doing is Abusing every rule of course you can use it quick You're showing the world you don't know what you are doing kid your time when well, you can be so much more so much
If it's one thing that I want you to see, it's everybody is ignorant. It's only when you speak on what you don't know, you become slow, and that ignorance crosses into stupidity. Yet I'm still spending my energy debating enemies that tend to be idiots, really inept politically, that don't have the depth or with me. Oh well, it'll be co-chance in hell, so riddle me this. How am I supposed to take you serious when all of your positions are socially expedient? Thinking you a rebel, but at most you obedient, opposing opinions make folks be belligerent. A cult and religious, so you know what's on CNN and vote what you told by the folks that gotta send this message. Oh, you a hypocrite and I'm in awe, cause the diversity you advocate is not in thought. You get away with it cause you placed in a freaking chamber with echoes ringing, surrounded by a bunch of brainless. Your aim is yet all the same shame cause you ain't slick, afraid to relate of the things cause you nameless. Tainted, weak, empathetic, you epitomize Politic ties cause you scared to be criticized Ancient trick, you ain't say this You afraid to unplug from the matrix Basic Why would you waste your time?